Today, we're talking about Mr. Beast getting sued for $100 million. Kai Sinet, one of the most popular streamers in the world, is getting charged for inciting a riot. The wild new claims coming from Trump's lawyers. And why some people are calling this Alabama doc brawl a literal race war. We're going to talk about all that and so much more in today's brand new Philip DeFranco show. You daily dive into the news. But first, I'm so excited I get to announce this for a number of reasons. The new BeautifulBastard.com drop just went live. And if you snag something for yourself right now, it is 30% off. Our new summer shorts, our new premium linen button-ups, the shirts, the hats, the crews, the tie-dye socks, the handkerchiefs, hell, even the old candles, everything. And definitely get what you can while you can. I had to go limited quantity because I wanted to turn this around faster. And I also want to speak to three things. First, if you get the summer shorts or the button-up, get a size larger than you usually would. Two, this is legitimately our most comfy and well-fitting drop to date. In the past, like most creators, we've used other people's blanks. We finally now have everything custom to us, which also allowed us to do cool things like adding phantom pockets to the crew necks. And finally, three, regarding these linen button-ups, it is a linen cotton blend. So if you've never purchased one like this, linen is a premium material. It's so much more durable than cotton. In a world of fast fashion, I wanted to have something that someone could literally buy and keep for the rest of their life. But that also means fill tip for like the first, let's say five to 10 washes, you should wear an undershirt with it. These get softer over time with each wash. And if you've got kind of a sensitive skin like I do, I just, I want to give you that tip. Also air dry it or dry it on cool so it doesn't shrink. But I'm really excited and proud for this drop. I hope y'all love it. But that said, we got so much news to talk about today. So let's jump into it. Starting with the news that Mr. Beast is getting sued for a hundred million dollars. Right, last week we talked about how Mr. Beast was suing his Mr. Beast Burger Ghost Kitchen Partner virtual dining concepts, accusing them of producing low quality products in an effort to grow and expand and saying what they were doing was hurting the Mr. Beast brand. But then VDC later in the week denied the allegations and claimed that it was Mr. Beast trying to negotiate a new deal to serve his own monetary interests, describing his effort here as bullying and saying that when they refused to give up more of the brand to him, he filed a meritless lawsuit seeking to undermine the Mr. Beast Burger brand and terminate his existing contractual obligations without cause. And now the big news, according to Variety, which obtained a copy of the lawsuit, VDC filed a lawsuit against Mr. Beast this morning in the Supreme Court of the state of New York for the county of New York. And according to Variety, the suit states that this case is about a social media celebrity who believes his fame means that his word does not matter, that the facts do not matter, and that he can renege and breach his contractual obligations without consequence, but saying he is mistaken. And specifically, the suit claims that Mr. Beast violated the agreement that he made with VDC and interfered with business dealings, which hurt VDC's reputation, claiming this cost them customers, relationships with suppliers and vendors, and impacted hundreds of restaurants globally while causing them to suffer enormous financial harm. Beyond that, VDC also alleges that Mr. Beast did not comply with contractual and promotional obligations, saying that he failed to support the brand publicly and actively undermined it by spreading untruthful or misleading statements. The company there reportedly including several tweets and asserting, Mr. Beast's actions here caused them damages that according to the evidence in Donaldson's own statements regarding the value of Mr. Beast's burger are in the nine-figure range. Now, as of recording this, Mr. Beast has not responded to the lawsuit or former allegations publicly. But with that, remember, this is a developing situation involving a lawsuit now in the nine-figure range, and so we're going to keep our eyes on this one. And in the meantime, I got to ask you, what do you think about this update in this massive lawsuit? And then we've got to talk about this absolute war that broke out in Alabama over the weekend. Now, just to be upfront, there is nothing official right now in like a legal sense saying that this was racially motivated, but a big part of the conversation that's been happening online is about race. So I'm going to be telling the story in those terms. Right, so this whole situation starts at the Montgomery Riverfront Park, where a pontoon boat had blocked a docking space reportedly reserved for a riverboat cruise, which at that moment was trying to park there. So people see this black man on the dock who appears to be a riverboat worker seemingly trying to unmoor the pontoon with a bystander filming him and saying, Because those guys who parked there were told not to leave it there and they left it there. So he's just pushing it off. That's funny. Took matters into his own hands. I love it. And moments later, a shirtless white man in gray shorts approaches the worker and talks to him for a couple of minutes with another white guy seen standing nearby and then boom, another shirtless guy, this one in red shorts, runs toward them, soon joined by a white woman. Meanwhile, people on the riverboat are screaming things out like, knock his ass out, Damien, and get the fuck out of the way. All that quickly synchronizing into this single unified chant. Get out of the way! Ooh, get, get out of the way! 
And after a bit of time, that chant dies down, but the whole situation between two of the guys, it just gets more heated, with a worker pacing back and forth and gesturing at the boat with his hands. And then, while they're talking, another white guy lunges at the black worker and either shoves him or hits him in the face, and then shit just pops off. If you want to see the full video, I'll link to it. I can't show it here because YouTube will then suppress the entire show, but it will explain and talk through why the passengers on this boat reacted like this. <laughs> Because what they're seeing is the pair scuffling while the first white guy tries to pull them apart. Then two more shirtless white guys jump in, tackle the black man to the ground, they punch him. Then a fourth shirtless white guy piling on, one of them even turning to shove away the white man who tried to break up the fight. Meanwhile, you hear one of the onlookers shouting from the river, y'all help that brother. And as if on cue, a black boy later identified by the family as 16-year-old Aaron leaps off of the riverboat into the water and swims onto the dock to join the fight. With then another black man also coming in to help and even the odds. And while this fight appears to kind of calm down momentarily, then the riverboat finally docks and about a dozen more crew members step off. A moment that's been described as Endgame Alabama. And it's at that moment that this thing kicks off into a full-blown war. Just this flurry of men and women, black and white, kicking, punching, eye gouging. This one woman just getting, I think the only way to describe it is to say mollywop. Another person gets thrown into the water. At some point, a man bashes the other overhead with a folding chair like it's the fucking WWE. But eventually, the police arriving and breaking up the fight and arresting several people. And following this, you had Montgomery's mayor tweeting, Police department acted swiftly to detain several reckless individuals for attacking a man who is doing his job. Warrants have been signed and justice will be served. And ultimately, as of now, that is where we are. But of course, as details emerge, we're going to be talking about them. And of course, with this whole situation, I have to ask you, what are your thoughts? And then, one of the biggest streamers in the world, Kai Sinet, announced he wanted to give away some PS5s and some gift cards to fans in New York, and it quickly spiraled into a riot. Right, Kai is saying he wanted to do the giveaway at Union Square in Manhattan. That was supposed to kick off around 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But reportedly, by 3, it was already packed. With the New York Times reporting that the event was held without a permit, and things quickly got out of hand when the crowd was spilling into the streets, blocking pedestrians and cars. And while most in the crowd were seemingly peaceful, some just got out of hand. Right, you saw people jumping on cars, banging them, others throwing objects like rocks, fireworks reportedly going off at one point. There's no shortage of photos showing people climbing onto things. Also, Kai was in the crowd at one point, but then had to leave. Local reports saying that he exited in this car as people were literally climbing on top of it as it was moving. At one point, as the chaos is all unfolding, Kai posted about it on his Instagram story, writing that his fans are amazing and telling them to be safe. But also, ahead of this incident, according to the New York Post, he told his followers that they have a tendency to go too wild. And even saying, depending on how rowdy things got, the situation might get shut down quickly. But also telling them, we're gonna go crazy. And so with all this chaos, we saw a slew of rest being made. And in fact, Kai I himself got charged with first-degree rioting, inciting a riot and unlawful assembly. And that in addition to the NYPD saying that 65 people were arrested, 30 of which were juveniles. Also with that, footage of one of the arrests went viral, with police seemingly grabbing a person and shoving his face into a car window. There were also several other injuries reported, with a handful of people getting taken away in ambulances. Also with all that, the injury that's perhaps getting the most attention is that of a 69-year-old food vendor who had his products stolen amid all this, apparently getting hit in the process. Where did they hit you, sir? <laughs> with people getting outraged at this innocent guy just trying to do his job got hurt and caught up in all this. So with that, we saw political commentator Hassan Pahir getting some backlash for how he responded. Where he was discussing this whole thing and while watching a clip about this vendor, he said, I f***ing despise local media, dude. Local media talking about $3 worth of f***ing Doritos. Like, you know, there was a bank run. Or with many finding that to be a crude and insensitive response. There was also part of this kind of larger criticism Hassan had of local media's coverage of this. But I'm arguing that it played into the kind of boomer fear-mongering and saying that it was racially biased. I think Kai being black and his uh, audience being like black as well also will factor into the way that the media covers this. You know what I mean? Because people will immediately be like, oh, this is gang activity. Yeah, they're rowdy. They're rowdy teenagers. They're making it seem like this is an organized crime ring. The one time you see like a bunch of black 
black teenagers around. You're like, oh my God, guys, businesses are being loaded. But we've also seen other viral posts of people pushing back against the narrative that this is like all racially biased. You also had other big creators in the space like Moist Critical saying that someone as big as Kai and his team need to plan events more properly. I have organization and security for these kinds of things. They do still bear some responsibility here. Because this was an unsanctioned event with no permits, it means they also didn't have a team in place to control the situation to ensure things don't get crazy. And the fact that they didn't anticipate that something like this could happen is a huge miscalculation. It also wasn't just creators chiming in. You had New York City Mayor Eric Adams briefly addressing the incident, telling reporters that, quote, our children cannot be raised by social media. Though also saying, we are further looking into where there are even some outside agitators. You don't come to get free Game Boys and bring smoke bombs and bring M80s and bring other disruptive items. We believe there were some outside influencers that may have attempted to aggravate this situation. You also had AMP, the streaming organization that reps Kai, putting out a statement on their Instagram story and saying that they hoped to create a positive fan experience as they have in the past, but have never experienced anything at the scale of what took place. And adding, we recognize that our audience and influence are growing, and with that comes greater responsibility. We are deeply disheartened by the outbreak of disorderly conduct that affected innocent people and businesses and do not condone that behavior. Also with that, apologizing for those impacted and saying the group is working with the authorities. But with all that said, and as we wait to see what happens with these charges and new developments, I gotta ask you, what are your thoughts here? And then, whether you're spending your summer vacationing, staycationing, or just finding a cool space to hunker down, listening to good music always seems to make things so much better. Thanks to the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Raycon, you can get quality sounding earbuds that are half the price of other premium audio brands. I mean, just to start off with, Raycon earbuds give you eight hours of playtime and that's 32 hours of battery life total, plus seamless Bluetooth pairing and a variety of colors and patterns to choose from. Also with three customizable sound profiles, I choose the pure sound profile for when I'm listening to podcasts on my bike rides or I'm on my hikes, the balanced sound for when the music changes up and the bass sound for, you know, things like R&B. They're also so comfortable with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit so they won't budge. And trust me, I know this from experience. And the noise isolation mode is great for when I'm flying and I can quickly move to awareness mode when I'm moving through the airport. So hey, grab a pair and a spare by clicking that link in the description or just go to buyraycon.com slash DeFranco to get 15% off your Raycon purchase right now. Remember, they offer a 30-day free return policy. And then, in horrible news for Ron DeSantis and YouTube video titles, people are apparently over wokeness. Or more specifically, recent polling is showing that Republican voters are actually getting bored with the endless attacks on so-called wokeness and presidential candidates who have centered their campaigns on culture war issues. With that being seen in two successive New York Times Siena College polls of Republican voters both nationally and in Iowa, which notably is going to be the first place to actually vote for a Republican nominee in January. And the poll found that candidates were unlikely to win votes by narrowly focusing on rooting out left-wing ideology in schools, media, culture, and business. With the Times adding, instead, Republican voters are showing a hands-off libertarian streak in economics and a clear preference for messages about law and order in the nation's cities and at its borders. When those surveyed were given the option of two hypothetical GOP candidates, only 24% of Republican voters nationally said they would choose a candidate who focuses on defeating radical woke ideology in our schools, media, and culture over a candidate who focuses on restoring law and order in our streets and at the border, with around 65% saying they would opt for the law and order candidate instead. And that number was even more drastic for voters 65 and older, which, key thing, they are the most likely to vote age group, and just 17% endorsing the anti-woke crusade. And those numbers were almost the exact same among GOP voters in Iowa, who of course are going to be setting the tone for the rest of the Republican primaries. And this insight's actually very, very notable, because as the Times explains, the findings hint why Mr. DeSantis, who has made his battles with so-called woke schools and corporations central to his campaign is struggling and again show off Mr. Trump's keen understanding of part of the Republican electorate. And all this as polls across the board have consistently shown DeSantis slipping further and further behind Trump, with one of the most recent polls finding that Trump had more than tripled his lead over DeSantis, with him absolutely dominating among likely Republican primary voters. Trump at 54%, DeSantis at 17%. And unfortunately for DeSantis, there's still a massive discrepancy between the two of them, even when everyone else is taken out of the equation. With a recent poll finding that in a hypothetical one-on-one -on -one between Trump and DeSantis, 62% of Republican voters nationwide would choose Trump. And a key thing with this gap isn't just 
just the size, but also how consistent it's been. With Washington Post explaining there, no nominee has made up that kind of gap since the 1970s, which is when the two parties moved away from deciding their presidential nominees at conventions and toward relying on the will of primary voters. With all that really seeming to solidify what I think most people kind of see the Republican primary as right now, and that is figuring out who the nominee is if something happens to Trump. Slash, there's going to be some people trying to use the opportunity to maybe be his VP. And then Donald Trump's attempts to overturn the 2020 election were not criminal because he didn't direct Mike Pence to throw out Biden's legitimate win. He just asked him nicely. That is literally what Trump's lawyer John Loro is arguing. Doing an interview with CNN last night, and he seemingly previewed what Trump's defense was going to be in this new federal case against him. With Loro claiming that Trump's attempts to get Pence to toss a slate of electors out and pause the certification of the election, it just amounted to free speech protected under the First Amendment. Asking is aspirational. Asking is not action. It's core free speech. The press should be defending free speech. What President Trump was doing is within the reality and the realm of free speech. He's asking his vice president, what about taking this okay. course of action? Ultimately, his vice president rejected all of all one of the proposals that were made. One quick question before I let you but go about critical, the trial. Me, but you have to let me finish. No, no, no. One, 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 quick, one quick response. What, what President Trump did not do is direct Vice President Pence to do anything. He asked him in an aspirational way. Asking is covered by the First Amendment. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how that argument holds up in the court of law as well, I guess, as in the, the court of public opinion among those who have not been repeatedly dropped on their heads. Like, I mean, the guy's legal argument is essentially, what? One guy can't ask another guy to commit a crime and undo democracy? What are we in, Nazi Germany? Right, and then when Pence himself went on the same CNN segment last night, he also said Trump asked him to overturn the election, but it sounds so much worse than how the lawyer's trying to spin it. The day before January 6th, if memory serves, they... They came back, as lawyers did, and said, we want you to reject votes outright. This, this, they were asking me to overturn the election. I had no right to overturn the election. But yeah, ultimately, we're going to have to wait to see how things play out for the uh, current Republican frontrunner. And then people's homes, trees, fuel tanks, and more were washed away in historic floods in Alaska this weekend. And this because a glacial dam from the Suicide Basin, a side basin on the 3,000-year-old Mendenhall Glacier, saw a major outburst over the weekend. And since the Mendenhall River initially flooded on Saturday, we've seen buildings destroyed, so many more damaged. And that's on top of countless trees being uprooted and officials in Juneau being forced to declare a state of emergency and evacuate some residents. And while as of recording, there haven't been any reported official injuries. Video has been circulating online showing one home collapsing into the river. One resident saying it was sad to see, but all we could do was stand there and watch. And notably, this is not the first time this area has seen flooding. According to the National Weather Service, since 2011, Suicide Basin has released Glacier Lake outburst floods that cause inundation along Mendenhall Lake and Mendenhall River. Also, NWS meteorologist Andrew Park saying the basin above the Mendenhall Glacier creates enough pressure to force water through the glacier and into the lake. And a key thing is that this happens every summer, and Park said that scientists have been studying the phenomenon, but this year's flooding blew any expectations they had out of the water, with significant flooding being seen in areas that previously didn't report flooding problems. Mendenhall Lake reaching heights that were otherwise unheard of, cresting at just under 15 feet, nearly three feet above the previous record. And a growing concern among experts, residents, and city officials is that this flooding does seem to be annual. But now, more importantly, they just don't know the severity of the year's outburst until the water's already rushing in. With Deputy City Manager Robert Barr saying, there's not much we can do from a prevention point of view. Also, according to the NWS, the waters began to recede yesterday, with the lake dropping back down to seven feet and expected to lower even further by tomorrow night. And while flooding there is no longer expected to pose a threat, there are still hazards. And so the NWS has reminded residents to stay away from the river and banks and heed any road closures. But also the problems will not end with the water damage, with Barr saying that many homes in the area run on oil and lost their fuel tanks in the flooding. And so the city has already contacted the Coast Guard and state environmental agencies, with Barr saying they're aware and they're helping us think through if there's any sort of spill, a protection response. And that is where your daily dive into the news is going to end, but I'm going to end on two notes. One, friendly reminder, get what you want over at beautifulbastard.com while you can. You can click there, go to the description 
description, or if you're watching on TV, I got a QR code for you. And two, for more news you need to know, I got you covered here, or also in the links in the description. But as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow.